Samalani, good evening, Dumalang, and welcome to episode 179 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandunga Kumalo. It's the second last episode of 2020, and we're quite excited about it as we draw down to the end of the year and, of course, get ready for our short break over the festive season uh, before we come back to you early next year. Well, of course, we are talking property and never come alone. Uh, of course, we also look forward to other shows across our social media platforms. And I'm talking about the first time home buyers show that comes to your screen every single Wednesday with SD Classen. That is, of course, at 7.45 straight after the Private Property Podcast. And that's something to always look forward to, especially if you're a first time home buyer and there's still certain questions that you have about your first time home buying experience, or you just want to hear from other people who've walked that path, what some of their lessons have been, some of the mistakes that they made and that you certainly want to avoid. And we also bring you the Farming Podcast on Balingno, God brings you the Farming Podcast every Tuesdays and Thursdays at one o'clock. And that's for all of you at home who've got green fingers or have any inspirations of going into agriculture. We cover things from livestock farming, crop farming, using tech uh, while you're farming and almost just about everything you can think of when it comes to farming. Umbali is a farmer herself and really has great expertise uh, to help you on your farming ambitions and making sure that you know what you're about to get yourself involved in. She speaks to all kinds of different farmers and different people who, who uh, you know, play a role in the farming value chain to help you through your farming needs. And over the weekend, and I love saying this, we'll never leave you alone. Uh, of course, Chad brings you the developer show where we highlight some of the best estates that the country has on offer. And that's a show you do not want to miss out on, especially if you know that you want to live in a development. We speak to the developers themselves who give us a sneak peek of what their developments have on offer and some of the amenities that you can look forward to should you decide to move there. And these are some of the shows that we have in store for you right here on Private Property this year. In the new year, we're certainly going to be bringing you fresher content and all things relating to property. If there's still certain things that you want us to cover, do drop us a message down here below. We love hearing from you. Well, one of the things that we're quite excited about about this evening, you know we've been running the competition questions for the champions throughout the festive season. Well, this evening we're going to be rounding it up with 10 questions. And the 10 questions or the, you know, the team that gets the most number of questions, they're going to be walking away with 15,000 rands in tomorrow evening's show. And the runner-ups are going to be walking away with 10,000 rands. So if you are tuned in and you are watching, as of course we expect you to, I do hope that you've got your team together and you've already checked in with us. And of course, wait until the end of the show so you can potentially walk away with that 15,000 Rand grand prize. We're quite excited about it. So you're going to have to wait until the very end of the show in order to be able to win that money. Now to get us started with this evening's conversation, we've got somebody who needs no introduction here on the show. We've had him a couple of times and has helped us with so many different things when it comes to property. And we're ending off with one of those things. And I always say this because we're going to be talking about this for quite a a long time. We're going to be looking at three simple strategies for um, smarter financial planning in sectional title schemes. One of the unfortunate things is that a lot of sectional titles, especially the slightly smaller ones, uh, tend to not get the finances right. Sometimes even the big ones actually, because it's not even just about size. So even the biggest schemes 
don't get the finances right. And we want to better understand how do we do that, especially uh, as we get ready for 2021. We're probably going to be in for uh, another financially difficult year. So we definitely want to make sure that the finances and as far as our sectional title schemes are concerned are in tip-top position. And to help us better understand this, I've got Ibo Kwagreng, who's a real estate principal at properties.com. Ibo, good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Great evening, Zama, and it's an awesome pleasure to be here again to talk to your, um, your, your, your guest. You know, Ibo, it's always so great to have you, and I'm sure the viewers love hearing from you as well. Um, I think, you know, we always share, you always certainly share quite a lot of um, insight uh, for us at home when it comes to better understanding, uh, you know, whether it is, you know, buying intersectional title or certainly in this case, for this evening, better understanding uh, our finances in a sectional title, because it is one of those difficult ones that I think we sometimes probably struggle with. And I want us to just get, uh, you know, straight into it. And I want us to probably start with one of those things that uh, I get asked about a lot, people comment about a lot, people complain about it a lot. And of course that is levies, you know, if we look at the three strategies themselves, levies are always such a contentious issue. People typically say, look, levies are too high. Uh, whether you are aware of it or you, or you are not aware of it, you find that you're in a place where levies are high. Two questions. How does the body corporate or perhaps the managing company come up with the levy amount? And how can you know, the, the owners collectively get that amount as low as possible? Right. So I, I like the way you've actually started with like the biggest one. Uh, so let's get the cat out of the bag. I love that. Um, before I start, let me actually wish your um, viewers uh, a very uh, merry festive season and a prosperous 2021. Um, with all this COVID and all the negativity 2020 was, I know most people um, have our drain, all right? Um, let's look to the positive and let's know that everything will be okay as long as we stick to the basics and we protect each other. Coming back to ladies, let's talk about ladies. See, when it comes to financial planning, it's almost like a swear word to have financial planning and sectional schemes together. Um, and people ask me this question all the time, like, Ebo, why did you move from being a financial planner to now a property manager? And what's the difference? It actually relates to this. Levies. Levies comes um, where one, or you, basically we say your trustees who are the mani managers of this business which is your body corporate, right? They come together and they say, okay, great. Let us do a budget because before you can collect anything you need and, and distribute anything, you need to know what you're collecting for and how to use it. So basically uh, a budget needs to be created to start off with. And the budget then gets to say, okay, we need, um, let's say a million rand for this body corporate over the next 12 months and broken down into monthly amounts, it's so much. Then based on your PQ, which is your participation quota, um, it's too long for us to go into it now, but basically a little part of your, your unit size divided by the total unit size will tell that based on that ratio is what the Levis is calculated on. The next question was, how do we get it as low as possible? Now. Isn't that the fundamental reason why we all actually um, do financial planning? 
we want to basically make the most effective use of every single rand that we have, yes? So how do you then get it low? It is to basically say, what is the things that we have itemized within our budget that we want to spend? And on a priority list, which is important, and um, I know somebody would say, but wait, me drinking 10 cups of coffee is important to me. Um, and another person would say, I only need one. So it is for the community, what is most important and prioritizing it on that basis to then um, start actioning those. In terms of a strategy, and I'll go straight into the last, the, the, what I had on my last point was actually the levy um, issue. In terms of a strategy that body corporate should use. I mean, we're going into the what we call the AGM season um, as soon as the new year starts, right? And the AGM season basically requires that every body corporate would have looked at the finance audited financial statements for the previous year. Preferably, it is actually best to look at the audited financial statements for the last three previous years. Because when you have that, you have a historic um, view of what the body corporate actually spends money on, and then noticing which is essential and which is um, actual use, um, what do we call it, wastage, right? Mm -hmm. Because the act does provide that you need to provide for both a reserve account and most importantly, a 10-year maintenance plan. Now, predominantly in most body corporates, this 10-year maintenance plan has become almost like a wish list of all the grandeur things that we want to do. And that's pretty great. But what is the expense of the grandeur to the individual? And what is the point if you end up charging people uh, levies of 5,000 rand, for example, for a body corporate, and the people that came up with this grandeur plan are going to sell and leave so that the new people come and are caught with such high expenses that they don't really want or need. Um, so that's, that's a part. Prioritization of what is important, looking back to historic debt and historic expenses and finding which is important is very, very important. And that, if there's anything one takes out from this video, is getting your managing agents and your trustees to sit and do a proper budget based on historic expenses and also projecting forward on what is important for the body corporate. Mm. Now, what I will say is I think one of the really great things that people probably might even underestimate is working with the right managing agent. I mean, Ibo, you and I, uh, you know, know each other because after having him on the show, I was like, look, I actually want his expertise for one of the uh, you know, properties that I'm in because we needed help. And, and if anything, it is testimony to when you have the right team, especially when you're, um, you know, a smaller sectional title scheme, you almost can't afford to say somebody will deal with it. You have to be a very active uh, member of, you know, one of the owners because you yourself are also taking care of your investment. So you essentially can't afford to 
um, not take care of your investment. And it's so crucial to get the right people to make sure that your investment is taken care of. So that's certainly something that uh, I've seen firsthand as being important. And when that isn't right, so many things can go wrong. And it doesn't matter how, you know, how well you, you run your kind of your own portfolio. The reality is that the property or the properties and that particular sectional title scheme end up being negatively affected because you're not the sole owner. So it really does become important to just bear that in mind. So Ibo then how, I mean, certainly for viewers at home, how do we then go about, um, you know, budgeting differently? How can border corporates budget differently? Because I think this is probably one of those things that um, those who don't know, they don't know. So you may, you know, get the services of properties.com or an, another service provider and you are new to this because the other thing about being, uh, you know, a trustee is a lot of them tend to be new to the trustee game and, you know, definitely don't know what they don't know. So you also just want to get a sense of how do we as trustees uh, go about, you know, playing a role in making sure that the sectional title scheme budgets differently. So Zam, one thing that I've, we've learned um, coming into this game, right, is most importantly, the why of everything. So for, the, for your viewers at home, perhaps it's going back to the basics, the core, core basics. Um, and I say to all our body corporates that we've, we've um, started um, taking over in terms of management, we've always said, what do you think differentiates you from the body corporate that is just next door? right now from a financial point of view we know that when you bind into a sectional scheme it is very important to basically look at what each body corporate owns but truth be told the average joe on the street that is just looking to buy their first property has certain priorities and the first thing they look at whether we like it or not is the austerities the outside of the body corporate yes um, how beautiful does it look? Because that is what's going to invite them. And that's actually what drives most people to new developments as opposed to buying the older ones, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing one wants to look at, especially the new trustees coming in, is to say, we want to increase value, okay? Because it's pointless to own something that you bought at a million rand that somebody's going to come and buy for 800,000. That basically means that you are immediately depleting 200,000 Rand worth of equity within your property. So the first thing you want to look at is what are the equity um, improvements you as trustees can make to then get your property values up. Now, that is what really, really differentiates, um, or we've basically got most of our trustees in the body corporates we manage say that differentiates us from the, from the current traditional crop. Because I was a financial advisor and because we come from a banking background, that's the first thing we're looking at. We're looking at what is the equity improvement you can make. And working with your managing agent, that's the first thing we have to um, sit and look at and get the equity improvements done. Because once that is put into your budget and executed, you then pick up the equity value. And by virtue of picking the equity within your body corporate, you are automatically unlocking potential funds that you can then 
as individuals within the body corporate generate, which will support when you pay in levies, you know, because now you know you paid for something that you've actually gotten from the bank's account and not from your account. And wouldn't everybody want that, especially in a COVID um, situation where potential people are going to lose their jobs, certain body corporate members you have now are not going to be with you next year because they may have to sell. But now what if they don't have to sell because they can actually access that same unit that they are in and get an extra 300000 and utilize it advantageously to keep the home and keep their family running? That's very important. I, I think as though, I, I feel as though Ibo is shading me, but uh, I'm not going to entertain him <laughs> for now. Uh, but what we are going to do is take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be going through uh, some of the more strategies that we can use when it comes to being smarter with our financial planning and sectional title schemes. We're going to go for a quick break and hear from SD Clausen. Tonight's estate agent winner. Remember, you too could win 1,500 Rand cash. All you have to do is tell us about your 2020 highlight and how you managed to stay on top of your game. This evening's winner is Jacqueline Petzer. Jacqueline says, I joined Property Express in October 2019. I love seeing people happy and I am so grateful for all the people that I could make happy this year. In this difficult year, I won the top sales and mandate agent of 2020 at Property Express. Just staying positive is key. And she's attached a beautiful picture here of herself with the trophy. Well done, Jacqueline. You've won yourself 1,500 Rand cash. Don't forget, guys, you could be next. Let us know. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantongwa Kumalo. I'm, in, I'm joined this evening. I nearly said I'm in studio. Uh, well, my home has become a studio, so I can probably say I'm in studio. Uh, I'm joined this evening by Ibo Kwagrain, who's a real estate principal at properties.com. We're talking about three simple strategies for smarter financial planning in sectional title schemes. And I think one of the very important things, uh, you know, that Ibo has already outlined is we went through quite a lot about levies because I know that that's quite a contentious one. You want to better understand where levies are spent, why the amount is what it is, uh, and where it essentially goes to. But we also want to uh, be smarter in how we go about budgeting uh, because the reality is, and I, I know I am very guilty of this, you know, you sometimes want to not think about certain things. Other people must handle it. I'll just pay and just keep it moving. Uh, but one of the things you, you learn, certainly in property investment, is you can't afford to do that in certain investments. You actually have to be very hands-on. 
Uh, and, and I do hope that for 2021, a lot of us are going to do just that. I see Martha Shingang is saying, yay, not leaving this to chance, magnificent on display. <laughs> and I'm sure those are the members of the Magnificent Five. And of course, they're talking about the questions for the champions that we've got coming up later on, where you stand a chance, you and your team, that is, because it's that team of five, uh, stand a chance of walking away with 15,000 rands. So if you've been following and you've got your friends and family watching, remember these 10 questions are going to be based on, uh, you know, the, the episode that we had yesterday. So you definitely want to make sure that you do not miss out. Uh, maybe I'll be cheeky and add in an 11th uh, question. I'll see, maybe. Uh, but I'm sure the team might just be angry at me because they've sent through all the questions. So maybe I'll be cheeky and, and just change one or two of them just to make it slightly more difficult. I mean, it is 15,000 rands on the line and the runner-ups are going to be walking away with 10,000 rands. So you do want to make sure that you stay until the end of the episode so that you can get uh, you know, your chance of walking away with that money. It's the second last episode we're going to be announcing the winner on tomorrow evening's show so you're going to have to be tuned in uh, in order for you to find out who walks away with that cash prize well let's get back to Ibo. i think one of the things um that we we're talking about is, just before the break I, I felt as though you were uh, subbing me i'm not going to catch my sub just yet um, <laughs> but instead you know Ibo, when we look at sectional title schemes and some of the expenses that go into you know, running essentially a sectional title community. What are some of the common expenses? Because I think sometimes when we, we think about um, even the levy amount, we sometimes think, look, it can't possibly be that much money, especially people who pay a lot. I think those who are probably paying 800, 900 are fine, but the moment you're paying 2000 plus, you're thinking, surely all these collective 2000s end up making so much money the services that we're paying for every month can't possibly amount to that much money so what exactly what are some of the we'll say popular or almost standard ex expenses that go into running a sectional title community so so zama this question is so 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 relevant and i'm so glad you've asked it so think about it this way right um, and let me borrow from your tagline um, as, as private property. It's your space and your rules, yes? So when it comes to the levies, it's exactly that. It is your levies, it's your rules. So what really happens? Traditional managing agents would go according to the normal templates of a budget is supposed to have this line item, that line item, and give you a thousand and one things and your levy is 2,000, that's it. But the real core is, if the trustees, um, and when I say trustees, I'm not negating people that are not trustees, but if, 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 if the body corporate actually comes together and thinks rationally about things, you'd notice that there's two things, uh, or actually when you group it into one, your utilities, it's like the bulk of what levies is. And oftentimes, this is what really happens. If I um, get a bill every month that says that I need to pay a thousand rand of electricity bill, right? Because it was read and given mm. to me. It, it came at the end of the month, um, I'll pay it. But it does not really give me any active involvement. So usually in body corporates that we are in, and, and forget that um, jargon or that mantra that is put around that no, if you are in the body corporate, you can't get prepaid water meters and prepaid electricity meters, it's an absolute farce. It, it does not exist because um, through our sister company, Utilities Corp, we've actually found that it is one of the quickest way to actually 
get your levies to come dramatically down because that's what happens. In, inputting um, prepaid electricity meters and prepaid water meters from the inside of the body corporate automatically gets each individual owner to be responsible, not on a monthly basis, but on a daily basis. Because what happens is when I put a hundred rand worth of electricity on my meter and it finishes in two days, what am I generally going to do? Tomorrow, I won't use the TV too much. I will not leave my heater running in winter. There's certain things that I will do less of, yes? The moment I do that, I am contributing to the bigger bulk of the body corporate's utility expense coming lower. And if that comes lower, I'm actually contributing power back into the power lines and I'm helping my area to not have load shedding anymore because now there's power in the mains. Um, so that's actually the biggest one from a strategy point of view that most body corporates, especially in the new financial year, especially in these um, people say COVID times or COVID hard times or finances um, that's coming. That's one thing you want to look at. You want to look at utilities within the body corporate and where possible actually getting them on prepaid. Um, if your viewers want to talk about that, they can always hit me up and I will help them pro bono to come up with a strategy to get the body corporate utilities on prepaid because that would really one increase revenue um, because now a lot of people that would be paying their levies would be paying for contribution because the utility parts would have fallen on them and the body corporate can use the funds much more efficiently going forward. Mm. So that's, and, that's actually the bulk. And, and I think, you know, talking of efficiency, then how can the body corporate uh, effectively use reserves? Because that's also one of those line items that you see on your statement and some people don't know what is this you know, money for? What are we reserving it for? What's the point of it? So how do you effectively use it? So that basically comes to the need. So the Sectional Title Scheme Management Act, when it came into force, looked at the fact that most body corporates in the past would do what we call special levies, which came at random times, at random moments, because some <clears throat> the body corporate maybe thought we need to paint this place and um, to paint this place, we need money now. And then they had to create special levies. Mm -hmm. However, truth be told, if you paint your body corporate properly, you should only paint it every five to 10 years, um, potentially actually every 10 years because every paint actually comes with a 10 year guarantee if you buy it properly. Um, so five to 10 years is, is a good way to start with. Um, that's the one thing to look at. So look at all the core things that we spoke of in the beginning that can um, generates equity within your body corporate and starting off with those and budgeting it into it to then say, okay, we'll do this over this period, right? Um, coming also into there comes the, in terms of efficient use as repairs. Once again, you know, when you look after things, so your space, your rules, move, going on from there again, your space, your rules. When something is your space, right? What do you do with it? You know that if the gate motor breaks every single three months and I'm repairing it and I'm spending 1.5 every single um, 
three months to repair a 1.5 thing, but a general motor gate would cost me 10,000 Rand and I can get a guarantee on it for two years. Why not replace it? So it is looking at that, those wastages. You know, there's certain things you don't need to be calling in maintenance people all the time for. If mm -hmm. something breaks often, it is broken. Get rid of it and get a new one mm -hmm. and get your guarantees on it. So that then leads us to the other part of insurance. I, you know, it's so funny, but um, Azama, you would know this. We pride ourselves in taking over body corporates that are dysfunctional and turning it into proper working um, body corporates. And the reason we do this is basically because of this. So many body corporates are paying for insurance that they don't even know what the insurance covers, okay? Most of the body corporates we've taken over, we bring in the insurance company to come and outline all the things they would not pay for and why they wouldn't pay for it. Mm -hmm. Those are the things you want to immediately fix because when they are fixed and then something breaks, insurance pays for it. So you pay in a thousand rand, you have a capital expense of 20,000 and somebody else pays for it. Isn't that saving money? Mm -hmm. Those are the things we should be looking at. So your insurance and repairs is very important to look at it combined. What am I repairing all the time? If it breaks too often, let me get rid of it. Let me get quality. And that this also comes to the fact that um, most people say, uh, you find somebody in the body corporate says, oh, I'm a plumber, I'll fix this. Uh, and trustees love this. Oh no, we can fix that. Oh no, we can fix this. Oh, I'll use my time for this. The fact that you are using your time for it and doing it pro bono does not necessarily mean you are saving the body corporate money. Sometimes getting a professional who will charge you an extra premium but give you a guarantee for it may long-term be more valuable mm -hmm. because your time that you are considering, oh, no, we used our time. In, at your work, when you divide your salary based on hourly basis, you'll find that that one hour you gave, it's actually costing you way more than what the plumber would have um, collected if he came to do it. So mm -hmm. technically, you don't save money because your one hour is worth a lot. Yeah, no, definitely, I think. Uh, and, and one of the big things is you, you really want to break down um, you know, what the costs are and how to best plan for, I think, especially now as we reflect on the new year, um, perhaps it's, it's worth the border corporate sitting down looking at what did we spend on this past year? Um, how much did we actually spend on it? Did we spend on it because um, we didn't do regular maintenance did we spend on it because uh, it just caught us by surprise or we just didn't have our fingers on the pulse uh, was there a way that we could have potentially not needed to spend on that particular amount then how do we make sure that come 2021 we're not making some of those same mistakes because I think this is probably the time to have a thorough reflection on some of the wastage, as you, you refer to it, that we made or got into uh, in this past year, and how can we best remedy that so that we are in the best financial position as the uh, sectional title as possible into the new year. But before I let you go, any final tips for viewers at home who are, you know, especially who are, you know, trustees, and so really involved in making sure that the, the community, the, 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 the body corporate runs as efficiently as possible. Um, and what, any final tip for them for the new year? So, so the big one um, and the parcella in, in this whole thing, because we've spoken about the equity um, addition, we've spoken about the utilities, and of course we've spoken up 
about um, levies, but within the levies is the two main thing, which is actually saying how you collect levies. Uh, guys, levy collection is a big proponent of proper financial planning. Now people say, but wait, what do you mean about this? Basically, here's the reality. If we all contributing um, X amounts, right? Does it really, really make sense when you say at the AGM, let us charge an interest at let's say 30%, right? And then you find there's three people that are at 30%, they may be defaulted, nobody knows people's circumstances, but they fell behind. Now you sit and you say, let's just keep on charging them this interest. So what happens? They get discouraged, right? Because if I'm supposed to pay a thousand rand and every single time I pay a thousand rand, I see that of my thousand rand, 500 rand has gone towards the administration of the collection of the levies and the interest. What do I do? I'm bound to stop. Then I fall further behind. So who wins? Mm -hmm. so it, is, it is very, very prudent to actually take the bulk of your expenses. And this way the utilities comes in. Take the bulk of, of the expenses, the utilities that they're using, let them pay for it. Once they pay for it, you know that it is just the normal common um, area stuff that you collecting to actually do. Now, if I'm collecting for that, surely an interest of 25%, 30%, 40% even in some body corporates, it's, it's not, it, it, you're not punishing anyone. Your main reason is not to punish is to just say, what can I do to collect levies better? And mm -hmm. the, sometimes the easiest way to get things out of people is to not wield a stick, but actually to conversate. So here is an opportunity to actually conversate with people in the body corporate that are not paying and say to them, you know what, if we were to take away the interest portion and you are left with the actual levies you are supposed to, for example, pay last year, and it came to this amount, can you pay that upfront? And if they can, and they, believe me, they would be so grateful for it that they would actually use the UIF monies that some of them have gotten after they lost their um, jobs and they'll pay those monies upfront. And now you can use that money to improve the body corporate. So now those people would even be more grateful to you because what's gonna happen is the moment their asset value has gone up, they can go back to the bank and say, hey, can I please borrow a hundred thousand that I can use on another asset? And before you realize a person that lost his job has actually helped you as a body corporate get money to keep their property and keep your body corporate flowing easily. So to sum it up, we said three strategies, but you actually got four. The first is think about what differentiates your body corporate um, to the next one. And the only way it does that is through equity. Do equity improvement in the coming year and that will help you. Two, take the bulk of your levy expense, which is the utilities, convert it into prepaid. It's a lie when they say prepaid meters uh, cost more than actual meters, it's a lie because the prepaid meters you are using is the same conventional meters that COJ is using. The rates that is applied on the metering system is what you need to monitor. So if you tell your vendor to put what is on COJ, the prepaid meter expense would be exactly the same as what COJ would have been charging you anyway. Take that bulk amount, push it back to the body corporate members individually on prepaid. Let's talk about that on an offline if you need to. Lastly, is that um, the levies, levy collection, it's not 
um, an opportunity for you to punish people and show how grandeur or how powerful you are as a trustee. Let's take the sufferings of this year and become back to human and say, let us conversate, let us talk to our individual body corporate members and let's appeal to their emotions and their self. And believe me, they will take out that money and they will pay the bulk amounts which you will use because now you have bulk amounts, right? Instead of those small, tiny monthly fees. And you can use that to do bigger equity projects that would improve your assets. And by doing that, improve the general assets of everyone else. Um, I hope these three strategies have been very, very helpful to, to you out there. And I know 2021 will be much better if we all just go back to the basics. Mm. And that's so important. You were in a great note to leave it on. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. And thank you for the you know, countless times that you've come on the show and helped uh, us and the viewers at home better manage our property portfolios. Uh, it's always great getting tips from somebody who's in the game, who's done this and is now a, a very great service provider that helps us on our property journey. Emily and your team are going to have a great festive season. We'll definitely be seeing you in the new year. We're also looking forward to that. Thank you so, so much, Zama. You guys are awesome. Um, one thing is education at the end of the day trumps everything. Um, we're a real estate business and that's why we pride ourselves to come back to you every single day because we found the value of providing real estate lies in educating our consumers because the better informed you are, the better we can work together and we can have a common goal to make things happen. I'm looking forward to 2021 um, and to everyone out there, let's spread positivity. Let's go back to basics. Let's not worry so much about the fear and what is broken and what is not. We can fix this. We all need each other to work hand in hand to make things work. And we are going to go on a quick break and when we come back, it will be time for questions for the champions. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the second last episode of the Private Property Podcast for 2020. I'm your host, Uzamantungwa Kumalo. Uh, if you've been watching us from day one, uh, that was, of course, when we went into level five lockdown. We thought we were going to be in it for 21 days. Look at us now. I think it's, what, day 278, uh, if I remember correctly. So nearly a year. Uh, it certainly has been a great journey for us so far. So many months of talking property 
property, from understanding various things, from property buying, property selling, property investing, uh, and even, of course, people who want to be renting. Uh, there's so many different aspects of the property game that we've covered this year, and we're looking forward to covering that and more in the new year. Tomorrow we'll be wrapping up the Private Property Podcast in style, where we're not just going to see my face, but there'll be a few other familiar faces that are going to be on your screens. I'm talking about uh, the hosts of the other great shows that we have across our social media platforms. I talk about them every night when we talk about their shows, Esti Klaassen, Umbali Nogo, as well as Chad. Well, they'll be joining me tomorrow evening for the final episode for 2020. You certainly do not want to miss that one. We've got quite a lot in store for you. We've also got quite a lot of giveaways uh, for tomorrow's episode. So do make sure that you set your alarms for that last episode of the Private Property Podcast. Well, one of the things that we're going to be doing in tomorrow evening's show is announcing the winners who are going to walk away with 15,000 rands in cash. And how you go about doing that? Well, I do hope you and your team are watching. You are on this live because you're going to stand a chance of walking away with that massive cash prize if you get these questions correct. We've got 10 questions this evening. I know we usually have 10. I usually have five. But this evening, we thought let's double the odds uh, because the money is that much more. And these are the 10 um, you know, statements. We've also kept it simple, uh, true or false. And I'll see if I squeeze in one. Uh, maybe or two. <laughs> I think maybe not because I'm sure the team will side eye me a bit because like we said, we want to make this easy, we want to give away with this money and we really do want to end off this year on high note. Uh, and then the first, I'll go through the first statement, it's a true or false statement. And that first statement is TPN is a good place to do credit checks and investor reports, true or false. Uh, that is TPN uh, is a good place to do credit checks and investor reports, true or false. Remember, this is based on yesterday's episode that we had. It was episode 178 that I had with Miguel Martins from APSA Home Loans. We're looking at the three top tips for investing in 2021. If you're watching that, and I hope that you were with your team members, then this is going to be quite the breeze. The second, true or false, Whatever the case, you should always invest well within your means and have reserves in place. That's an easy one. True or false, whatever your case, you should always invest well within your means and have reserves in place. Uh, the third statement, again, true or false, a bond originator is a middleman between you and the various home loan providers true or false. Uh, we talk about bond origi originators so much on the show. I'm sure a lot of you can probably regurgitate what a bond originator does so efficiently. Uh, the third one, true or false, a home loan is a capital advance to a person to assist in buying a bucky for their home true or false. I'm going to repeat it, true or false. A home loan is a capital advance to a person to assist in buying a bucky for their home, true or false. And the fifth one, again, true or false, always rush into a deal. Uh, true or false, always rush into a deal. I think that was just a giveaway, don't you think? We definitely want to give away this month. So I do hope you're watching with your team and answering. Remember to use the name of your team as you answer these uh, statements because it's very important so that we're able to track which team is answering. Uh, sixth, make sure to consult with your financial advisor to ensure that you can afford the property over the long run. True or false? 
so make sure that you consult with your financial advisor to ensure that you can afford the property over the long run. And uh, seventh, uh, true or false, Miguel offered property mentorship sessions to seven lucky winners. Uh, that's an easy one. I'm sure so many of you had an interest in that one. I did say how many Miguel was uh, willing to, to mentor. That's Miguel offered uh, property mentorship sessions to seven lucky viewers. Uh, eight, true or false, avoid opening cupboards, lifting loose uh, carpets and look into everything before signing the contract. And that is the offer to purchase contract or your lease agreement contract. So true or false, avoid opening cupboards, lifting loose carpets and look into everything before signing the contract. True or false. Uh, second last statement, ask your bank for pre-approval of your investment loan as this will give you a good indication of the types of properties to look for. True or false. I'm going to repeat that one, true or false, ask your bank for pre-approval of your investment loan as this will give you a good indication of the types of properties to look for, true or false. And the last one uh, for that 15,000 Rand grand prize uh, that we will be announcing tomorrow evening is uh, true or false, conduct thorough research on the area you are interested in and, the, and its property market, true or false. Going to repeat it. Uh, true or false, conduct thorough research on the area you are interested in and its property market. Uh, true or false. Remember to share the name of your team as you answer these 10 statements. True or false. And uh, of course, you're going to stand a chance of walking away with that 15,000 Rand grand prize. And the runner ups will be walking away with 10,000 Rands. So if you want to make sure that you stand a chance of uh, walking away with that money, it's fastest fingers first. Uh, we are quite excited to give away the money. I know that there's a team that's been uh, on a winning spree, which is fantastic for them. And I do wish them all the best in spending uh, some of that money. Let us know how you're going to be spending some of this money. I mean, you're winning, uh, you know, in December. I'd love to win a bit of money uh, in December. Unfortunately, we can't enter. So do let us know down there below how you intend on spending some of this money. Well, that's it for me, Zamantungwa Kumalo, and the rest of the Private Property Podcast team this evening on our second last episode of 2020. You can stay in touch uh, with us across our social media platforms. You can also go to my own social media platform at Zamantungwa underscore K on uh, Instagram as well as uh, Twitter. Love talking property and you'll get to hear some great updates uh, from even what you can expect right here on the show. Well, we're going to wrap it up this evening. We're back on your screen to tomorrow at 7 p.m. for the last episode of the Private Property Podcast for 2020. You do not want to miss it. I'm going to get, get the whole gang uh, on the show and we're going to have quite a great quite a lot of fun, but we're also going to be giving away quite a bit of money. So do make sure that you tune in tomorrow evening. Until then, hoping you're staying home and staying safe.
Hi, I'm Mohamed Zaboy, and I'm an entrepreneur from Soweto. Soweto's come a long way, from a small township to a mini city of its own. Soweto's got some really, really nice suburbs, like Deep Cliff Extension, but the locals call it Deep Cliff Expensive. Orlando's known as a suburb that had the first brick houses built in Soweto. Orlando Stadium for its iconic games between Kaiser Cheese and Pirates. And most importantly, Villagazi Street, where Nelson Mandela and Desmond Tutu resided. To the west of Soweto, you find suburbs of Dobsonville and Protea. These two suburbs are actually very cosmopolitan, fresh, young, and very new. Right next door to Soweto, we have our neighboring suburb, which is Aldorado Park. For a little adventure and a little fun, Soweto's got so many night spots, from the news cafe at Mamponya Mall, to your Villagazi Streets at Kumzi's, to just chilling at Chafpozi just between the towers and having a simple braai face, Chisanyama. Something very close to my heart is actually seeing people move back into Soweto, growing businesses, remodeling homes. It merely says to us that Soweto is a growing city. There's way more to this place than what we think. Soweto needs to be discovered daily. I'm so proud to call Soweto my home, and this is my neighborhood.